God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on Say Yes to Spirit. I'm so glad that you are with us today. And um, if this is your first time being with us on Say Yes to Spirit, you've come to the right place if you are ready to demonstrate in your life every day what it means to be living your life with the guidance of the divine. Every day, every moment of every day, it is a choice, isn't it? It is. And so every week, Leslie and I, I'm Tracy, I'm Leslie, <laughs> we get together and we remind ourselves that we have made a commitment to say <laughs> yes to spirit. And uh, we have a little conversation and we invite you to listen in and to join in and to think about whatever the theme of the week happens to be. And this week our theme is mindfulness. Mindfulness. Yes. Mindfulness. Exactly. That is our theme this week. And so um, we will be talking about what mindfulness is, and mainly we're going to talk today about practices, doing our everyday <laughs> life oh. in a mindful way. Oh. Making that process. Now, but we're not uh, forgetting my favorite part of uh, connecting the dots. No. <laughs> no, we always say what the theme is going to be. I know. I just, I just got a little nervous there, thinking we might forget my favorite part. There, we don't want to. No, I just had to go God look up what our last topic was. <laughs> testimony, testimony. Yeah. So we do. We always connect the dots before we jump into our theme for the week. We always connect the dots with our previous topic, and as Leslie just said, that was testimony and testimonials and. Had a great conversation about that. So connect the dots. It's my favorite music. That's really the part I like. Um, you know, at the end of the idea of testimony of looking at, I live my life as a testimony. Really simple. There with the idea of if I'm living my life in a mindful way. Only I would be in my moment. And I do believe that that is, that's a question, testimony is, that, you know, my life is a testimony, one way or the other. <laughs> Either one that points to spirit is. or points in the opposite direction of spirit. So Exactly. I love that reminder that no matter what we are doing, we are representing what we really, truly believe. In that moment. And what I believe can change. There we go. Just had to throw out that little disclaimer. Change your thinking, change your life. Change it all. Cool. Well, that's our connected dots from uh, testimony to mindfulness. We're going to take a quick break, and we will come back and talk about mindfulness. Comments or questions, 347 850 1523.
back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie. And our theme today is mindfulness, living your life in a mindful way. So let's talk about what that means to us besides the, you know, like the expert uh, definition of <laughs> mindfulness. But just when we talk, when I say mindfulness, when I say when, mindfulness, when I, you think when I'm when I'm speaking, you don't automatically think expert. <laughs> that doesn't just come to mind. When I, say, when I say mindfulness, <laughs> you think, oh, um, you know, I think of a book I read years and years and years ago that was talked about living a mindful life and that it was the process of being mindful when you're scrubbing the toilet. So I always go back to that idea that if I'm fully present, even when I'm doing tasks that I quote-unquote, I guess, historically we would think you wouldn't want to be doing, i.e. scrubbing a toilet, toilet, that I am mindful that I am fully present, that it's a spiritual experience. And I can't remember what it, it was, Living a Monk's Life or something like that, the book. And it, they use that as an example of that everything, if I'm fully present, if I'm being mindful in the moment, that everything is a spiritual experience. And they use scrubbing toilets as the example. So that's, when I hear the word mindful, it takes me to that. Yeah, and I think my first exposure to using the term mindful in a spiritual sense was similar to that. It's a it's a very it's a concept that is really connected to Buddhism. Yeah. And all of the Buddhist teachers will talk about in your case you read something about scrubbing toilets. <laughs> I think my link was um, washing the dishes, hmm. and uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, in something I read many, many years ago that he wrote, used that example of scrubbing the floor and, or washing the dishes and doing it with such attention to what was happening in the moment that it really, you're getting something done, but in some ways it's a meditation as well, mm -hmm. that your entire life you can be mindful to the breath coming in and the breath going out, or the feeling of if you are um, washing dishes, that the feeling of the the temperature of the water, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the feeling of scrubbing, you know, whatever has dried on the plate from the meal mm -hmm. an hour earlier, the different texture. And I think that that, that or, or the scrubbing the toilet or, you know, cleaning floors or anything uh, can be used in a real positive way to remind us that our mind is always working anyway. Right. So we can focus it on something that is um, not in resistance. Right. And the focusing is an interesting word. I like that word. I was thinking um, I um, am an incest survivor, and I have learned to use grounding techniques. They call them grounding techniques. And a huge grounding technique is becoming present. And when you said the temperature of the water, because anxiety, and I can remember um, having years of anxiety, I said that like it's past tense. But anyway, so yes, up until today, the uh, the mind going off into the anxiety, into the fear of the future or uh, guilt or anxiety of the past, the grounding technique is to like look at the wall and to see the texture on the wall or look down at my hand and to see the lines on my hand or to rub my right. hands together to feel the, the friction between the hands, to bring myself to this moment, right, and that in and of itself, when I can fully do that, takes that anxiety away. Because in this moment, if I'm mindful of this moment, there's really nothing that I can't be at peace with. It's really when the mind goes forward or back. And so that whole practice of the presence is a very powerful grounding technique that, that as trauma survivors, we use that a lot in terms of an opportunity to to be at peace. So I guess in, in some ways being mindful is a return to peace for me. Well, yeah, and it's peace 
peace is one of the attributes of of God, of spirit, Mm. and that's your true essential nature, then I want to be in peace. I want to choose peace. I want to choose love. I want to choose balance. I want to choose harmony. But it's always my choice. It's my true essential nature to be those things. Right. And I also have human will that can allow me to be in anxiety, pain, depression, complaint, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, um, I guess like everything else we talk about in theory, I could be completely mindful of and have a mind full of anxiety, pain. (laughs) (laughs) And don't we both know some people who it seems like that's their goal in life, to be constantly mindful of all that's not working instead of to be fully mindful of the true essential nature of life. Well, at the end of the day, I guess our mind is always full. So it's a choice of what we're putting in it. Yeah, we may have to stop doing this show because (laughs) it seems like every week it's like, yeah, but no matter what you do, you're fulfilling the destiny of life. The choice. (laughs) It's like everything keeps going back to that. But I, we do have a choice, and in our in the context of this conversation um, and mindfulness, mindfulness of the spiritual nature of life is where we're going to stay with it mostly. <laughs> you keep us right there, mostly. Tracy. You keep us right there. And you said the idea of um, practicing, or cho- what did you say at the beginning? You said something about. Well, you know, lately we haven't been talking a lot about spiritual practice, even though every week we try to refer to it or think about it. And so uh, it just strikes me as we could um, we could focus or we could share what we do that keeps us mindful, like you just did, of sharing that example of, um, you know, re- knowing that something that will bring you into the present moment is to find a spot on the wall or to look at your hands. Um, so we can talk about formal spiritual practice and we can also talk about what we do. And we can share some things from uh, David, um, not David Altman, I'm thinking of David Alt in Atlanta. Donald Altman, um, he wrote a book called The Mindfulness Code and then he mm. followed that up with a little um really convenient and helpful book called One Minute Mindfulness, 50 Simple Ways to Find Peace, Clarity, and New Possibilities in a Stressed-Out World. Wow, 50 of them. Yeah, 50. 50. Simple. Simple ways. And different. Yeah, and so we could, um, you know, maybe pull some of his practices and, and share some of the things that he he recommends and maybe some of our listeners will be interested and want to go buy his book, uh, go find his website, etc. You know, it's interesting. I um, had a practice of doing meditation at the Center for Spiritual Living Dallas for two and a half years. I got up every morning and went to the center to do that meditation, and for about the last six months, my morning routine shifted and I could no longer get up there. And I uh, spent some time yesterday with a woman that did the meditation probably the last almost almost a year, almost the last year that I was doing it. She started doing it every morning. And so we had that experience together for a year, and then we really haven't seen each other for a few months. And we spent some time yesterday, and she said to me, after about an hour of us just hanging out and talking, she said, you know, you're not doing your morning meditation anymore at your house, are you? <laughs> and I said, why do you say that? And she said, quite obvious. You're not yourself. <laughs> and I said, oh, really? Hmm. So it's interesting <laughs> that we can. That's good. That's good, isn't it? Isn't that loving? Uh, that's interesting that when 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 I get so far away from my daily practice that it obviously becomes apparent to others. Yeah. That uh, thank you, Tracy. Um, that um, you know that that my external life is is 
reflecting that lack of daily practice. And I thought that was fascinating. And what's what's fascinating for me about that is (laughs) is like, uh, because I know it's true. So what's fascinating. (laughs) Thank you, Tracy. No, not about you, about (laughs) all of us. Oh, 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 yes, right. And so, you know, it's fascinating because we tell ourselves we're in control, right? We're in charge, and 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 there's nothing different. Mm-hmm. I, there's nothing different, and so it takes somebody else who has interacted with you long enough, or or over time, or in different situations, to just kind of like let me hold up the mirror for you. You think you're like just fine, but I have seen you in a much more grounded place, or I've seen mm-hmm. you come from a much more loving place, or you know, you don't even realize what that you, you know, every, I'm thinking about a conversation I had with someone else yesterday, and it struck me that she is so used to complaining that even even as she is being mindful, her pattern over year, over many years, overrides her intention. Now, sure, when we're shifting, it often does, so it's familiar. Here we go back to. And so it's like, oh, it's an example of you you do. You have to always stay mindful of who you want to be, how you want to be, and give your body, mind, and soul that reinforcement over and over and over and over and over again. And you think, after doing that for 10 years, that, or two and a half years. Let's use your example. You'd think after doing that for two and a half years that, okay, I've got two and a half years in the bank. Right. But it's amazing how if you're not constantly feeding it, every day you're taking withdrawals mm-hmm. from that practice. So, And it's interesting because I think I'm aware enough to know that, that my life is reflecting out of balance, but it was interesting to connect it to the shift of not going to the morning meditation at the church and mm-hmm. to see that that kind of that that snowball effect of of the difference between having a 30 minute meditative experience and a yes. 5 second third step prayer, you know, on my porch kind of thing. It, on your way a, on my way in out the middle the door. of traffic. <laughs> and it's an interesting into the the mindfulness in some way of of what can I do you know, and she used another word that I thought was interesting. She said um, uh, something about conscious, to, uh, like like to really be. She was basically kind of saying, you know, get a grip, consciously, you know, kind of you know, shake, like a subconscious <laughs> shaking my head, going, you know, get a grip, be conscious, see what you're doing, and um, and there is a, a level of consciousness, awareness. I know the first step to any change is we talk about awareness. I can't change anything that I'm not aware of. So staying in that state of awareness motivates me to change because I can go to sleep and kind of just bury my head and days will pass. Yes. But if I'm aware of what's happening, the awareness itself becomes the the rub, the awareness itself becomes discomfort. The awareness itself becomes enough motivation to force change. So if I'm awake, I'm probably in a state of change. But when I fall asleep and become unaware, that's when friends take you to dinner and say, what the are you thinking? And kind of wake you up a little. That's just my thinking, maybe. (laughs) In a loving way. Okay. Yeah. You got. You got. Yeah. And it is. It is. And it's a. Um. It's also mindful to know the community that I. You know, that's a choice. The people that I choose to surround myself. I um had a private client this morning in a therapy session, and she really was asleep for like ten or fifteen years. She created a very dual life, and. As she's awakening um, to that, it's like the discomfort is so huge, and she's finding new people that are helping her 
see that because she had created groups of friends that kind of encouraged the dysfunction. Yeah. And as she yeah. becomes more awake, she's discovering new friends or new people are kind of popping up in her life that are supporting this new way of thinking. And so I think it's interesting, too, to look at the community of friends that I surround myself with. And am I surrounding myself with people that are, you know, equally asleep or, you know, awake or a little bit more awake so that I can kind of be nurtured and, you know, drawn into a next higher state of awakeness? That just made me stop and think about, or I want to stop and think now, but <laughs> I guess I don't really have time to process it right now. Can't stop too long, Tracy, right. but you can, yeah. Well, you know, we have, all of us, we have lots of different friends, acquaintances, people we interact with right, in our lives, in our very busy, crazy lives. And so I was, when you said, when you were saying that, I was thinking, hmm, when I want to be grounded, especially if I'm feeling and noticing that I'm not quite being that or being mindful or living my life to where in the direction I want to live it, do I tend to go to my friends who I know will pull me in that direction, or do I tend <laughs> to go with my friends who are like, because I, you know, life does suck. Right, yeah. we're gonna affirm that. Yeah. You know, do I? Do I have a group of people right. who are like, no, I just don't want to hear your encouraging words right now. I mean, and I've had people, and you've had people sure. do that with you, whether they say, oh, you're just a Pollyanna, or right. they're like, I know you're right. I know that's the spiritual truth, but that, I don't want to hear that right now. Right. I want to be in my misery. I want to be in my pain. Mm-hmm. And, and I never tell people they should ignore their pain or their misery and how they feel. And I will often speak, but what I know is the truth about you or about this situation. And, yeah, I've had people react like, okay, goodbye. You know, like, this conversation's over. I just want to wallow in it for a while. I'll call you in a week. Mm-hmm. I'll call yeah. you in a week, Tracy, and then you can be, help to pull me out. But right now I just want to go deeper into misery. I think it is. It's an interesting opportunity. I know I have, over time shifted from people that, you know, I think the people that we're around do pull our energy one way or the other. And um, and absolutely, you know, if I'm totally awake, I'm going to be drawn to other people that are awake. And if I'm totally asleep, the last thing I want is somebody that's really awake because they're loud and irritating and the light's really bright. And I'm like, no, I'm sleeping and it's dark here and don't wake me up. And that's a fascinating thing to say because I do some work in the Dallas County Women's Jail and the biggest difficulty we have with women to come to class is to physically wake them up mm-hmm. because there's so nothing going on in the jail, right? They can't even have the TV on volume. They have to watch the closed caption. So there's no real stimulus except for when we come in to give them classes and most of them will choose to sleep their days away. And I find myself, I have a very loud voice, and I can go in and I can rouse them. You know, they'll put their head up and they'll look at me and go, no, go away, no. And they go and lay back down. And then I'll rouse them again. You know, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, uh, an interesting metaphor in terms of, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like I'm the divine. You know, hey, wake up. We got to, and they're like, Ew. you know, and I'm playing both parts of my mind in my own life, of course. But, you know, and, and I'll wake up and I'll look and I'll be like, no, I can't do it, you know. And then two or three times, finally, I'll begrudgingly I'll get out of like, bed. Okay, maybe. Right, right. And then you drag just yourself to get in. You, uh, 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 right, right. Just to shut you up. Right. And then. I'll take a baby step. I'll sit up. Yes. But don't bombard me with the truth. It's so interesting. And then to play that metaphor out, if they make the choice to come to class, period, 100% of the time, at the end of the class, they report feeling so great and better and more alive and, you know, so glad I came lighter. So, you know, that's an incredible metaphor of I can just get my body up 
in a thousand different ways, whatever that means that moment, whether it means reaching out to a friend or saying a meditation or whatever that waking up is, I can just do it. Mm-hmm. The experience afterwards, the feeling afterwards is really powerfully good. I love that, and it is a good example, a good demonstration in the physical form of how that plays out. So so in some ways, mindfulness is how do we do that for ourselves. Right? How do we be our own reminder? Yeah, how do we, what, what do we do that gives us that kind of that booster shot or that bridge from whatever's going on. And it doesn't mean that we have to be unhappy or angry or any or upset, but we're busy. Mm-hmm. At least for me, I know. When I think about just this past week, I was busy. Mm-hmm. Busy, busy. And, um, and I... And I didn't even come close to getting the most important things all done because the list was long this week of the priority items and actions. And when I'm that busy, it's easy to forget, you know. It's easy to forget that I'm a child of God and that I am love and beauty and harmony and wholeness. So what do I do for myself? And so your example earlier about being able, or others being able to see the difference, um, you know, I did have a few things in my busy week that pulled me back and reminded me. So I did hospital visits three days this week. Oh, wow. And as a practitioner? As a, practi- as a, a spiritual counselor? <laughs> and so... It was interesting because two of those three times I actually noticed how I was shifting, really shifting into who I really am. Yeah, down, down. You're bringing your energy back into yourself. That deeper place. And um, and, And there were three times. And on the third time, not in sequence, but on one of those times, I remember thinking as I was pulling into the parking lot of the hospital, I really don't have time to do this. I really don't have. I really don't. I don't have time to be a this good is a person. Terrible thing. If I have to do this now. Well, no, it's like this person is dying. I don't have time to do this. It's thing. a really no, good thing it. to do, but I my my brain was Tracy. You don't right? have time to do this. You've right. got to do this and this and this and this and this and and you know and she'll be just fine. And she's in the hospital. People are taking care of her. <laughs> and you know, and my brain was your little brain, your little mind was really. Trying to talk you out of it. Yeah, like even though I was all well, all the way there, but then in the parking lot, it's like, you know, if you don't get That's out of great. your car, there's still time to escape and go That's do these great. other things. That's great. And luckily, you know. Your higher self went out. Well, I noticed, yes, right? right? I noticed it was like, That's stupid. Oh, that's crazy. I'm I'm here, I'm going, I'm I've made a commitment. And it wasn't about She's expecting me, you know, it wasn't I've made a commitment and this other person is expecting me to stop by, and it wasn't that. It was I made a commitment, but how it felt was I've made a commitment to be the physical manifestation. Right, the reminder. Of spirit. Yes, you were the reminder. I've made the commitment. Right. That this is who I am, and all these, all the busyness, all of the reports and the course designs and the meeting notes and the draft emails and the event planning and all of that stuff. I bring who I am to that. That that stuff is not who I am. It's stuff I do. Right. And so you know, I shifted. And and felt really good, but how often in our lives do we not even notice right. that that's what's going on? We just react or respond to that message that our brain is telling us. Mm-hmm. You're too busy. You that person cut you off in traffic. You know you're running late. All of the triggers. 
And it's an amazing thing. I know for me, um, I don't know how I learned this or who taught this to me as a therapist years, 30 years ago when I started doing it. Oh, my gosh, I'm that old. 28 years ago. Um, I learned to do a little practice before I went into a session where I would let go of my, I called it at the time, ego, and I guess it's still probably what it is, that I would do a little saying of letting go of my ego, letting spirit work through me, and to mm-hmm. be fully present right. in that moment. And I can do that so effectively, and then I am I am fully present, and, and, and you know, mystical things happen because of that fully present. And it's interesting, we have some interns now working at the Dallas County Jail, and, and they're coming to my classes, and, and I'm having the opportunity to, because they're, because they're like, oh my goodness, how did you know? How do you do that? And so when I say at the end of the day, it really is just being fully present. That there's when we're fully present. I don't know how to explain it other than to say when I'm fully present, I know what to do. And it's not me; it's spirit working through me. But there's an eye within me. But when I'm in my head saying, what are they going to say next? What should I say? Oh, is there a perfect thing to say? Oh, on page 374 of the book, did they say what I should say when this? You know. So what I was trying to encourage these interns is say there is something divine that happens when we're fully present, and it's way beyond any of us. And if we if you can just get out of and and one tried that in a in a different situation, and she reported how magical it was just to that's all she had to do. It wasn't like she had to become smarter or she had to learn something new in class. Right. She just had to be. Present and trust, right? That your intuition, mm-hmm. which is the whisper of God, trust that your intuition is going to lead you in the right direction. That it is not going to fail you. And if you're getting that sense of there's nothing for me to say, don't say anything. Don't say anything. That's right. Then let it. You know, I don't yeah. know what to say. Good. Shut up. Because the other people in the room are going to fill in, either with something that makes it worse, which will trigger what you should say, or somebody else. You're not the only wisdom in the room, which is what usually happens. Mm-hmm. And it really is an interesting thing to be fully present. And even, and it's funny because I can do that for other people, and I can, but for myself, <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's a whole other thing, isn't it? And to be, and how to, you know, how to get ourselves to remind ourselves. This same friend last night gave me some CDs, and I'm usually listening um, to to this, to this Christian music or this they call it spa music on Sirius XM, which is kind of just meditative music, but doesn't have any words. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, the Christian music station, I love the music, but a lot of it is. The message behind the words is, you know, I'm this fallen child and God's going to come in and save me, which I kind of try to rethink the words in, in my term of thinking that I'm that God is within me expressing out. But I think that message kind of of I'm a fallen child and God's going to save me has kind of planted somehow in my subconscious. And she yeah. gave me some new thought music where the message and the words are very spiritual, but they're from the spirituality of I am Christ consciousness, I am, you know, co-creating all that is happening. And just in the last, like, listening to it last night, listening to it this morning on my way to different places, I felt a shift in my mind. So that music, and I'm I'm in my car a lot, so that music is going to be an interesting, I'm looking forward to that, listening to that and being reminded, using that as a spiritual practice. Yeah, I I'm I uh I'm glad you brought up driving. Well, and you're the one who who frequently has said in the past couple of years, many times, two things about you and your car and driving. Ha! Yes, only two. Well, two consistent oh. all the time messages. One that you can tell how your life is by how clean or My. junky your car yes. is. Yes. And two, that how you respond or react. My road rage. Right, you react. (laughs) How you react when someone cuts you off or there's heavy traffic. 
or guidance for you. So since I mentioned Donald Altman before, um, we can't go the whole show and not refer to at least one of the things in his one-minute mindfulness book. And he has a section um, called One-Minute Mindfulness for Work and Creativity, and the very first um, example that's in that section is about driving. I love it. Preparation. Mm. Uh, the act of driving requires our full attention. Mm. I know of a woman who drove through her garage door one morning <laughs> because she was on automatic oh pilot and didn't notice that it was still closed. <laughs> the lapse of a split second can have devastating results. How do you approach your morning drive? Do you use the morning drive to prepare for the day to come? Is driving a placeholder, a time for fitting in extraneous activities? Do you let the frustration of the road soak into your body and spirit, filling you with anger or draining you of energy? A one-minute mindfulness approach to driving can improve your emotional tone, your stress level, and your ability to be open and adaptable. And he goes on and, and writes a couple of pages about that, but at the end of each of these small chapters, he has a practice that he recommends. Oh. Mm -hmm. So the practice for this is this. In the next day or week, take one driving trip where you are focused only on your driving with no distractions. Mm. Do this when you're alone and try to be as present as you can every 60 seconds. You don't have to be perfect when doing this. When your mind wanders to the past or the future, gently bring it back. You can even manually affirm your present moment intention with the words driving, mm. driving. And, um, you know, there actually is a pretty common activity that, um, I've been exposed to by a number of people in New Thought, and I've used it myself, um, of really claiming that present moment and labeling it. So in that case, as he ends that example, you know, you can just say driving, driving. And it's mm. it's what is happening, what are, what are you doing, and you simply describe it with the act, with active verb, talking. Sitting. Sitting. Looking. Yes. Um, yes, that's powerful. And so you you don't tell the story. Yes. You just capture or you describe what you see, you know, flower, tree, squirrel running across yard. But with a, with a, dis, a detachment. Detached, right? Like disattachment. <laughs> Disattachment, that doesn't sound like word. a detachment from it and what it means. And simply by using those late, you know, the labels um, of what you see or what you are doing. And, you know, you do that like every 10 seconds or every 30 seconds. And it forces you right. to simply be right here, right now. And to get out of that story, because that story can get so far down the path in my mind in bringing myself back to that present presence. And it's interesting that in his book he used the word placeholder. Mm -hmm. I have a spiritual teacher that I work with, and I, in conversations with her, she has said that she defines herself as the placeholder mm -hmm. of spirit, of God, and that's just all she does. Is she's, and she labeled it, talked about being involved in politics when she was young and she would go to state conventions and things and she would always be the one that held the big sign that said, you know, Abilene or whatever, you know, where her delegates were supposed to come. And she she always has kind of seen that metaphor in terms of her being the one that's holding up the big sign saying, God is here now, present kind of thing. It's a placeholder. And I, and I do think that is another way of keeping that practice with other people in our life to be that placeholder and to remind myself, again, kind of like the testimony thing, that I, I I am holding up a sign. Who knows? God knows what it says someday. <laughs> and I love you for loving me regardless of my signs, Terry Trace. But, uh, you know, I'm holding up a sign. 
I'm holding up a sign. And so, you know. That is a scary thought. Thank you, Tracy. Not that that's you support, are yes. holding up a sign. <laughs> that every one of oh. us is, in fact, mm-hmm. a walking billboard yes. for what we be- what we really believe. Right. Or what we're believing in that moment. I really believe it can shift. But what we're believing in that moment. And I have a friend that's an intuitive and... She is so, she's had such struggles over the years in terms of the energy of other people coming in. She couldn't go to movies or couldn't be in malls until she learned how to put up energetic walls for herself because, you know, we we are sending out these waves of energy, whether we're conscious or not. That is part of the, the thing that happens in human beings as spiritual beings having a human experience. We are sending out energy. And... um yeah, if we're not conscious of what the energy is, yes, we just pick it up, absorb it, and like, why am I saying or doing or feeling that way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hmm. I'm still stuck on the visual of, well, you know, actually the sign we're holding is not what we're feeling right in this moment. It's a reflection of what we've been believing. What we've okay. been believing what we're manifesting is is what we manifest, but it's in this moment I can change my mind and then my behavior in the next moment or in the next year or the next decade <laughs> reflects that change. That's like slow change there, Trace. I said in the next moment. Oh, okay, the next moment it's a choice. Okay, there you go. It's a possibility. There you depending go. on what it is and how much I really believe it. Right, right. Right, so... Yeah, it's it's not, there are things that we do that reflect my choice right now, but my choice right now comes from the pattern of belief over the years. Otherwise, um, yeah, otherwise what I, I am believing right now is, um, well, if it's significant enough, I will stay with that. If it's significant enough, my behavior could change right now. Yes, oh, I but mostly we that. are we are a reflection of our cumulative. Sadly, yes, that's right. Yeah, or not? It doesn't have to be sad. <laughs> yes, I'm all for that it instant transformation. Instant transformation. Yeah. So mindfulness, mindfulness. What else do we want to talk about with mindfulness? Well, does your um, your fifty different examples? You know, there is. A lot to be said with practicing different things every day. I um, Do you get uh, daily thoughts for the day? I get three different ones. I get uh, Dr. Reverend Petra's mind thoughts for the day from the Center for Spiritual Living Dallas. I get something called Daily Om, O-M, and I get the Daily Abraham Hicks thoughts for the day. And do you read them every day? And I have deleted them every day for the last few weeks. And started my day when I get online. Delete, 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 delete. delete. Are you serious? Or are you yes. just no, 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 no. Serious? No, serious. And what's so funny is, as I'm deleting them, I'm thinking two things simultaneously. One, I'm thinking, don't have time to read that. And two, I'm thinking, can you guess? I know what they're going to say anyway. They don't have anything <laughs> for me. I, isn't that great? I think that's great. That's great. I'm discounting. I'm discounting their value because I'm smarter than they are. And secondly, I don't have time for that because I have to rush on and be in my bad space. That's really important to me, and I'm, I know more than anybody else could possibly know. So there you have it. So how about you, Tracy? Do you open yours and read yours each day? I'm sitting here in shock and awe. <laughs> I didn't think I could be in shock and awe more. with you yes. anymore. See, isn't that exciting? I'm glad I could impress. Wow. Yes, yes. Wow. Um, well, I can't even count the number of uh, different, that kind of thing, that, like the email newsletters or the daily thoughts. Oh, you, you get know, a lot? <laughs> I get a lot of them, but they're not a part of my start-my-day pattern. Mm. Um, so my start-my-day pattern typically, most often, is um, is 
you know, waking up and waking up is a good start. <laughs> it's yeah. a really important part of being mindful. And uh, generally, I do light a candle and have a few minutes of quiet reflection or meditation. Like before you get out of bed? Uh, like, no, that's what I do when I get out of okay, bed. So you're up and you light the candle. So actually, before I get out of bed, most of the time, mm-hmm. I actually do pull forward how do I want my day to go. Nice. Yep. And usually that's, sometimes that's because I know I have these tasks to do or I have a meeting or I'm doing a training, but it's not so much a ta- a checklist of you've got to do this today, you've got Let's say I'm teaching a half-day workshop that day. You know, when I first wake up, it's I, I I know I have to do the workshop, and I picture that. Like I see me in my mind having a great time doing it. Right. It's like a spiritual embrace of the day versus, oh, my goodness, I have to do all this. And, um, and if I don't have something like that that's a to-do, but I have just a lot of, of paperwork or writing or things to do at my desk, then again, I kind of just see myself, and I and or I just see myself as you know today's going to be a really great day. We're going to get things done, so I'll do that. It's cute. We're going to get things done. I like that, Tracy. We, we we're we all all of me. We're all going to get it done again. And you know we're going to be a beneficial presence. Tracy will be a beneficial presence in the world. You know, but then that doesn't. That's just kind of a grounding, so I don't get caught up mm-hmm. in the crazy energy. But then, yeah, usually I'll go and get up and then light a candle and sit and meditate for a little bit. And, you know, a lot of days that's five minutes mm-hmm. because I have someplace I need to go or be or a conference call or, you know, and I've slept until the latest possible time. <laughs> so it might just be five minutes. Other times it, you know, could be an hour mm-hmm. if I really have the, that kind of day. And and so I don't read the stuff, like the daily thoughts and all of that. I don't read them in the morning most of the time. Now, I'll go on Facebook and I will, I try, I, my pattern is to post something on Facebook, you know, as I'm getting started into my day. And it is as much inspiration for me as it is for anybody who is connected to me on Facebook. Oh, I see. You post something that you find inspirational. So I'll post a quote or... So you become uh, one more daily thing I could delete. <laughs> that's it, that's it, that's it. And and it's funny because often people will say, I love your Facebook post. And I am aware that, you know, probably 75% of what I post, in the morning especially, is a quotation or, you know, something like that that makes you think and grounds you. But really I'm doing it for me. Yeah, I like that word, grounds. But but I'm really, I'm doing it for me. It's like the show. You know, I'm glad that there are people who listen to Say Yes to Spirit and get a lot from it. But really, you know, I do it because you and I have great conversations and we never know where it's going to (laughs) lead. And, but we always know where right. it's going to lead. Right. That's going to lead us right back to saying yes to spirit. So I, I have given a lot of those emails and stuff. And I don't read them daily. So I read them when as I'm going through the day. Maybe I mm. need a little pick-me-up. Right, right. Then I'll go look for that. And I have them all go to like an inspiration folder in my email. Really? And so I'll go pull one. Wow. Um, or Renaissance Unity in Warren, Michigan, um, actually I no longer subscribe to their daily uh, message, but one of the things that I loved when I did subscribe to their daily message is they would actually have, like, whatever the subject was, prosperity or abundance or stress management or in the subject line. Oh, right. So that... If I were looking for something on a specific topic, I could scan that that list, and they would have a scripture and a commentary and a prayer written out. And, yeah, so I use those, but, yeah, I don't use them to get me started. Every day, ritually, yeah, right, right. Yeah, 
even though they're called daily words, I don't use them like that. And they they do serve the purpose, like you say, though, they bring us back. So throughout the day, they could be a tool. If I'm sitting at my laptop or computer in the day, if that's what my job is, they're always kind of there. If I keep them in a file folder, that's a good idea. To keep them in a file folder, and when I'm feeling myself spiraling out, I could always just click in and well, isn't the thought. key if if if, if I'm feeling myself yes, spiraling right, right, out right, right, because right. most of the time we we're just spiraling. You know, you know we 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 don't even realize it. Like your friend commenting last night that oh, you haven't been something. You're not doing your daily something. practice, are you? Something. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, those cars that have those big uh, spokes that come out of the wheel to remind people, they said, I don't know, this was years ago, and you would see them every now and again, and people said that they were on there to remind people if they would veer off the road and be up against the curb, that these little spokes would hit the curb first, oh. and then you would know, oh, I'm too close to the curb. You're not familiar with that? I'm not at all familiar with that. <laughs> it's a very interesting concept. Yeah. I don't know if they're old people or blind people or what it was for, but these spokes that would come out of the wheel, and the idea, someone told me because I asked, what is that for? And they said, well, if you're going up against the curb, it'll hit before the tire hits. And so it's like a warning device. And so I wonder what could be the warning devices for me that I could have going off spiritual path, about to hit the curb, do something before the tire hits and you blow out, right? Because I do believe how that life happens. You know, if I'm not paying attention to the subtle little things, I will have a blowout. And then, you know, I'm laying down on the ground going, how did this happen? Why why did it happen to me? And what's wrong with this picture? But it's because I didn't listen to the little signs along the way. Like I, you know, had a big sign last night from my little friend to start my morning meditation on my deck, you know. And did you do that this No, morning? absolutely did not. And consciously did not. Consciously had that alarm go off and said, hail to the no. <laughs> Shut it down. But see the pride I take that? Do you see the sense of... I know. You're so excited, like, excited about Damn you, meditation. No, you can't make me feel better. I choose to feel bad. It's... It's um, sick. <laughs> But I'm pleased I could be the card holder for that right today. <laughs> you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it with gusto. I'm going to say no with gusto <laughs> instead of saying yes. I'm going to say no loudly. There is a part of me right in this moment that wants to say <laughs> right in this moment to our listeners: Don't do it. <laughs> Sometimes Leslie makes examples. That make a point. You want to try to make me look not quite so sad and pathetic? There's a part of Uh me that wants to say to our listeners that sometimes Leslie uses examples and and she takes pride in putting herself down or using herself as the negative example because it's effective and she can be funny. But something tells me in this case (laughs) she's just being truthful. That's good, Tracy. But that would not be one of the. This would not be one of those times. Sweet Leslie. Oh, golly gee. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. And it is such a journey. I, you know, I do use myself as an example, and I think that because I've been on this journey so long, it's a. I'm a good example, and that that you can fall pretty far down. I can fall pretty far down. And be surprised how far I can fall. And and I do, I'm blessed now to have the detached eye. Even as I'm saying, I can say no with gusto, I'm still detached from it. You know, 20 years ago, I would be saying no and I would be in it and right. I would be, you know, suicidal, really, really. And now I'm just like, oh, wow, you know. So there's a detachment to it. But it is interesting when when I get out of that daily practice, how far I can go, how quickly because mm-hmm. like you said, two and a half years, two and a half years every day, seven days a week I was doing that. Really, you know, within the first month of not doing it, all the reserve was gone. <laughs> Sadly, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it was gone. So the last four months or five months, I've gone on nothing. And so, you know, no wonder I'm parched in the desert, starving for just a drop of water. That I chose this morning to say, hail to the no, I don't want any of your water. I don't need your water. Get away from me, water. I can go another day. So it's a journey. 
it is a journey. All our waking, all of our living years, all of our breathing years, it is definitely a journey. <laughs> I was what what was just going through my mind was um like how do I do that and when do I do that in my life? And so for me it's you know, it's interesting because the spiritual practice I default to now, you know, I I do. It's like I'm not feeling good, I'm or I'm feeling really stressed, I will stop and meditate. That is, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I will take a walk or I will oh, pick up one of a few books that I know always, like, bring me back. But I was thinking, yeah, there are other things that I, quote, unquote, should do that I tell myself I should do (laughs) or could that I don't do. And, you know, it's things like I, I think about my extra bedroom that's just a storeroom, and I think, oh, you know, I would really like that to be a guest bedroom again. But I can't make myself go do it. I can't make myself pull the stuff out, go through it, take it to recycling, you know, take stuff to sell or Goodwill or whatever. And so it, it's like, what is that about? And could I, the, the, the question in my head was, could I do that in a mindful way? Could oh, I? Could I go through everything that I moved from my storage unit and put into that extra bedroom? Could I use mindfulness yes. to get me to, one, take action, and two, complete? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I could, that's the kind of thing I could start. <laughs> I pull everything out and then make it more of a mess in the house, right? Right. Or I could start and do a little bit and then I go back to it for six months mm-hmm. easily mm-hmm. because I just don't want to do it. And I don't know what that's about um, But and don't really care. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, oh, that's how that shows up for me, but it's not so much around the, in the day-to-day, my day-to-day life the spiritual connection that now I am so trained to go to the spiritual connection. Except <laughs> that's the one exception to the rule. Well, to that or money. Stress. All right. If I'm stressed about money, it's hard for me to remember to go to spiritual practice. Every other kind of stress, it's easy. There you go. That is curious. We have our Achilles heel, is that what they call it, or our kryptonite? <laughs> One or two things that, that is more difficult in theory to apply the principle of truth to, even though the principle of truth applies to everything. To everything. We have this show. Right. So that those things can come to light and so that we can talk about and think about how to make our commitment to saying yes to spirit show up in every aspect of our lives. So we're out of time for today. That's it. We were mindfully aware for an hour, and it went by pretty quick, actually. Yeah. And now we don't have to be mindful anymore. <laughs> I'm done now. I can go back to saying no. <laughs> so thanks for joining us, and we hope that you'll join us again on a future episode of Say Yes to Spirit. Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.